Today we're going to be talking about book five, The Predator, which is a Marco book. I realized after I finished that I didn't realize the title was The Predator, and I, even after reading the whole book, cannot pinpoint who The Predator is supposed to be. <laughs> the Predator like, was us all along. Like, I had to make a guess. Uh-huh. But... Well, who do you think? Because I also, I because we're reading these digitally, I don't have, I can't like constantly flip back to the front cover of the book to appreciate one, the beautiful cover art, and two, remember what the title is. Yeah, I, I had to like, I had to look later. I think it must be, it must be Visser One. Yeah, is that I was think what the only I one I can too. think of. Mm-hmm. Except Visser One isn't really that much of a predator. Visser One is just like a threat. Right, but, <laughs> but they're kind of they're presented as this uh, not just a threat to the kids, but a threat to Visser Three as well. And because so far he's been just the biggest, baddest thing that they have faced, that's what I assume the title's referring to. I mean, there's also a part where Axe is, I think it's Axe, is talking about his morph being a predator, and he oh, seems yeah. surprised even though he was a shark last time. <laughs> um, anyway, this book went from, this book went from, like, so fun and goofy to super gross yes, to, was, like, super sad This was the strongest so emotional roller coaster I think we've been on so far. There was a lot happening. I got so tricked because early, early on in the book... <laughs> They're having a good time. There's yes. some wacky hijinks. And there's like, yeah, several good times. So there's like a picnic. There's a mall trip. There's some bird good times. A <sighs> wolf snuggles a tiger. <laughs> but in between all of that, there's also uh, not only viscerally upsetting descriptions of morphs, but like spilled viscera on the ground from <laughs> morphs. So just some really terrible things. This is a book for children, Meg. Yeah. And the number of times they talk about like chitin and uh... like fingernail like exoskeletons. I had to skip some of the morph descriptions because they're just straight up body horror. They're very upsetting. It's so bad. Like they, (laughs) I was thinking about how early on when we were, we were recording maybe episode Uh one, maybe Uh the pre, pre episode, we were the the secret lost episode that (laughs) no one can ever know about. (laughs) That's just like garbage. Um, but I, I definitely remember saying, I don't remember the morphs taking that long. Oh, I bet no. I bet they're going to be, like, not that bad later. This book is, like, 90% gross, like, bug or insect-like morphs. Because, like, they, they, like, without getting into why, they morph into both a lobster and an ant in this book. And both yes. times, the description of the morph starts with, like, my skin was, like, Ugh. turned into a chinatinous, ch- uh, like... Oh. Shark, like it just it's oh, is so gross. Which like I probably liked as a kid, but I can't stand. It's so no, gross. no, it is much too much for me. And I think at one point, Marco just straight up says, basically, bugs are a bad idea. And I agree, Marco. No more exoskeleton <laughs> morphs. No more bugs. I just don't. Just please, please, please protect yourselves and don't do these things. <laughs> yeah, there there are many parts where I was like, this seems like a bad idea. And then Marco would be like. Guys, I don't want to do this. It's like a bad idea. And I was like, oh, thank God, Marco. Uh, Marco, I, yeah, Marco's kind of a reader. He's the closest thing we've... Well, obviously, it's his point of view perspective. Yeah. So that... Uh, his point of his point of view view, yes. <laughs> um, so that affects it. But I think maybe he's the closest thing to a reader insert because his hesitance is played up um, the strongest of all the characters yeah. at this point. I mean, I know when we read the... Um, 
there's like a Reddit AMA that mm-hmm. Kay Applegate did where she was saying that Marco Marco's personality was based a lot on her husband, who I think oh, was yeah. also helping. To I think co wrote co wrote the co-wrote. outlines at least. Yeah, um, which I thought was interesting because he, like Marco, seems like super well fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Like he, like especially in this book where we see him talking about like like there's a lot of points where like horrible things are happening and Marco is like narrating to us like oh yeah I was terrified too but like I had to laugh or like I had to like make a joke that's uh-huh. what I do and, like I feel like like the way it was very well thought out so I was like I can tell that she knows someone who is right. like this because it feels <laughs> like she really thought this out how yeah. of this character yeah there's a lot of depth to Marco and there's you know I, I love all of these children there's a lot of depth to all of them but um I think maybe because we get so much of the reasoning for his hesitation in this book that came through especially strongly for me too. Yeah, I like I I love Marco so much now. Yes. Like I Yeah. He was already like he was already like one of my faves as we were reading the other books, but this mm-hmm. one was like Marco, you yeah. have so much going on. <laughs> he does. Oh. And he is, as he says, he's incredibly cute and charming and witty <laughs> and modest. So go Marco go. <laughs> um so this book opens with Marco basically being Spider-Man <laughs> where he like he doesn't turn into a spider. That no. doesn't happen yet. No, but he does. He's like walking home from the 7-Eleven mm-hmm. and he sees a bunch of punks like beating <laughs> up an old punk lady. Teens. Yeah. So he so he turns into a gorilla and saves the old lady <laughs> and then and then after he saves her the old lady like tries to shoot him. Yep. But he has like a great moment where he's a hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just fighting some like standard issue just like punk kids not right. like yurks not like the end of the world he's mm-hmm. just saving an old person which was so nice that he got to have like a goofy spider-man adventure and then he even mentions that he was like spider-man yeah towards to the, the other end. kids mm-hmm. and i like that in addition to it being a good chance for kind of him to him to show off and him to remember why morphing is a good power it also really reinforces this pessimistic worldview that he's struggling with which is you know uh no matter what good you do, someone's gonna someone's gonna come after you for it. Because at the end, like you said, this poor old person, um, you know, might actually be having a worse day than Marco is at this point because they just got mugged, and then like a gorilla is the thing that saves them. <laughs> That's pretty frightening. I don't know if a gorilla came this at me boy. in a dark alley, not not having any of it. There are a lot of contenders in this book oh, for yes. people having oh, a worse day what about, than the what about, what about the poor mom who just wants to make dinner? <laughs> What about the poor the the poor lady who just wants to buy some stuff from the body shop and uh-huh. then an andalite runs into her? <laughs> and he's still at that point he's still like half morphing back into a, Okay, okay, we're, we're, we're getting, getting ahead, ahead of ourselves, ourselves because um, there's so much sorry. material in here, but yeah. So Marco has this wonderful superhero moment. Yeah, so the the, the other part I liked about that was, this was that Marco was talking about the gorilla morph uh-huh. and he was like Gorillas are really calm. The gorilla morph just wanted to like hang out and have some snacks. Or whatever. I was like, oh, I love that's this me. gorilla. Um, um, anyway, so that's like only the first couple pages. Yeah, so we, in, we had just talked in the last episode about how sometimes the intros are used as this kind of handoff from the previous point mm-hmm. of view person to the next one. Um, and I think this intro shows off another thing they've been doing really well with the introductions, um, which is to really quickly give you this capsule view of one, why morphing is a good power um, Two, that it's also really incredibly dangerous. So like the stakes yeah. are reintroduced even this early on, just with like regular day-to-day human beings. Like you can be a super strong gorilla and that's great, but people also have guns and that's awful. <laughs> um, so it's hard. It's hard to be an anamorph. Everything's terrible for them. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, and then, so then they he hangs up with the Animorphs again, mm-hmm. and he, like, does the typical, like, introing every other character, yeah. although his descriptions are also pretty spot on and good. Like, yes. I, like I like the part where he's he's introducing Jake. That's, that was he, my favorite one. <laughs> and then he says something like, like, he says something, like, when he starts introducing Cassie, he's like, she's kind of Jake's girlfriend, but I'm not supposed to know that, so, like, I guess it's, like, top secret or whatever. Right. I'm like, oh, like, that was cute. they're together now. Yeah, so sometime in between books, Jake and Cassie got together, which is expressed only in, like, gentle side hugs and, like, these very <laughs> chaste moments. Um, I also really liked how much Marco cares about Jake. Um, their friendship so is done really strongly. And in their, in their, you know, their teen intros, he's, Marco's going on and on and kind of disparaging, like, poking fun at Jake, like, oh, he's so responsible, <laughs> he's this leader, and then just completely straightforwardly turns around and says, like, and he has the greatest sense of humor, and he's very smart, and I'd trust him with his life yeah. forever. Um, so I like that. Like, I like that even when they're poking fun at each other, like, their, their, bond, their bonds still show through. Yeah, like, Jake came off kind of boring in, yeah, like, the middle section of this book. <laughs> he was just kind of the leader who, like, Marco mm-hmm. was like, yeah, he's my friend, but, like, Jake didn't have that much to do. But no, there he is just a part hung later out in on, the lobster tank. <laughs> there's a part later on where, like, Jake is, like, saying, like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna morph into ants. And yeah. then Marco's like, that sounds like a really bad idea. And Jake's like, it won't be so bad. When I was a flea... <laughs> I just drank some, like, I just drank some blood. I didn't really care about anything. I mean, I guess it was Rachel's blood, but she was, and he, like, goes on. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, Jake, you're such a weirdo. Like, <laughs> and then Marco's, like, Marco's like, Jake, do you ever listen to yourself? <laughs> I'm like, yes, Marco, somebody gets it. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> also, like, when he talked about Cassie, he was like, she's, like, sincere or something. She actually cares about people. <laughs> she wants to help people. <laughs> Like, it was just, I would, like, I was just like, Marco would be so good on, like, Twitter. He would have have that lockdown. Oh, you're right. Oh, he would. And I do like that he's kind of set up as the opposite end of the spectrum from Cassie right now. It's like, he's all the way at the pragmatic strategist end of the spectrum. And she's, you know, his perception of her, I think, is skewed because she definitely does have that uh, stronger, willing to get her hands dirty side, but um, when you're standing all the way at Marco's end, I'm sure Cassie just looks like a little cotton ball. Uh, <laughs> a little piece of cotton candy at the end. That's not true. Cassie has nerves of liquid steel just like Rachel, but yeah. it's okay. Um, so yeah, so they're all chatting at the farm. Um, Marco does his beautiful intro of all the other teens. They're all so good at that. I love them so much. I love them. And then we get they get they go visit Axe and yes. we get we get one of two descriptions of um an Andalite smiling with mm. his eyes. Mm. Which I realized last time after thinking about it that if you haven't watched America's Next Top Model, <laughs> a smize might yes. not be I'm not sure if that's like migrated into the greater pop culture lexicon. <laughs> I think so. I think it's or maybe maybe this is just a skewed uh, a skewed set of influences, but I, I think it's <laughs> common vernacular at this point um, I, I like, but just smiling with your eyes you know like Tyra says it's too bad that these books came out before Top Model was a thing because <laughs> then there would be a lot of talking just call it Andalating yes I can see that really <laughs> catching on smile. yeah the Andalite smile <laughs> really shows off your chin <laughs> your triangular shows head shows off your chin I don't know <laughs> shows off your chin and your 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 triangular head and your, your gentle secondary wedge-shaped eyes. deer head. Yes. Oh man, that really catches the light with your stock eyes. Good job. <laughs> so, ANTM aside. <laughs> oh my god. 
only if only Tyra Banks was involved in the television show. <laughs> oh, no. um, I don't know, I don't know who she would be, but anyway, so <laughs> they um, so they're trying to come up with a plan, and Axe wants to go home. Basically, so yes. they're trying to figure out how they can help Axe um, build a ship or t- steal a ship or something. So basically, what they decide to do is that Axe figures he can build some kind of um, distress beacon mm-hmm. thing, and then they can steal a bug ship later. Yeah, they want to and then he steal can a York home. bug fighter. Um, which, these seem like all terrible ideas, but yes, I guess what else, what else What else? are they going to do? Because Axe is, like, marooned on a, on a strange planet. Yeah. Um, so, of course, he's going to try to get home. Um, and he's, I like that this early on, Axe is kind of presented as a little naive. Like, when they're talking about... Um, when they're talking about this plan, he really comes across as this this kid with big ideals who's never really had to test them. Um, and I think maybe uh, escaping from that from the Visser Three terrible whale shark was might have <laughs> been the first real dangerous task he's ever yeah. had to undertake. Um, so when he's talking about you know we, it's important to fight for honor, what are the other reasons to fight? Like, don't y'all yeah. have any honor? Why on earth would you have any other motivations? Uh, Marco really has to push back a little bit and talk about, like, well, we're fighting for survival. Like, there isn't uh, an Andalite ship waiting in orbit to rescue us if uh, if everything goes awry and we all die. Um, like, we really have to make sure that we're able to continue the fight before we even start to consider things like honor. Um, and yeah. X starts to come around, but he's still kind of got this... Um, this naive outlook. Um, so it might take him a while to get knocked out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like he's been like we from like the little glimpses we have of like Andalite culture. It's like he's part of like like the Andalites have been at war with the Yurks for what I'm assuming has been a long time. So it's like everything that they're doing is based on like we're gonna fight these Yurks. So like Axe has been, I guess, on this ship for a while with all yeah. these other Andalite leaders, and his brother is a major war prince. Right, right. That's <laughs> so, a lot of pressure. So to for have him, over this is like head. a big deal mm-hmm. that he like. I think he's. I guess he's assumed that he's always going to end up going to Andalite War, but yeah. he, like he doesn't know anything. Like you said, he's like he's really naive compared to even the Animorphs because they've been fighting and they've been like facing this on their own planet, like with like people they know. Like mm-hmm. Axe has had like Axe's brother died, but he doesn't. He hasn't had the same like stakes for him. Yeah, beyond that. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's a good point about. I hadn't even considered the way that growing up with Prince Elfangor as, you know, uh, this kind of shadow cast over you would have affected. Maybe that's where some of this, oh, as an honor, the most important thing is coming from. <laughs> I feel like from. it's like hero worship. So he's yeah. like, he, like, he, I think he wants to be like Elfangor, but he also figures that like, well, obviously I'm going to go to war and be like a hero, just like my brother. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Right. Like Jake, Jake wants to play <laughs> basketball, just like Tom. <laughs> Axe wants to murder Yerks, just like Elfangor. It's all the um, same. Although I do appreciate that Axe is like the most vehement, like whenever Mr. 3 shows up, Axe is like, this mm, disgusting this abomination. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, I like that he's the only one who can't, can't keep it together and has to eventually yell at Visser 3 also. Um, which really, really speaks to the, you know, I'm sure generations long conflict that they've had. Like they're, we're getting the impression that, you know, this is a kid who legally isn't allowed to go to war yet by Andalite standards. And yet he's already been kind of indoctrinated with this, yeah. you know, all Yerks are evil. All of them are terrible. Um, and, you know, in the books yet, we haven't come across any counterexamples, but I think we will eventually. And it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how Axe pushes back against that. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So, so what they decide to do now is go to the mall and go to Radio Shack to get parts to uh-huh. build this um, distress beacon. Great. So, Good plan. Good luck with Radio Shack And there. since, like, Axe is the one who's, like, he, like, knows, like, for all the things that he's super naive about, he does know about, like, technology and, like, oh, building yeah. stuff. Um, so he has to go with them to the mall. <laughs> or I think it's so, just it's just Marco and Jake and Axe, right? Yeah. I, I also so. really like that this plan depends entirely because they have to time it out within the two hours that <laughs> Axe can stay morphed. They're like desperately looking up, like how regular are the buses? Can we depend on them to get us in and out? <laughs> yeah, because they can't drive. Right. They, like, they I mean, can't drive. Marco no especially discussion. can't drive. But right. It's especially since like they're like we don't know their their ages, but there's mm-hmm. no discussion of like who has their license, which means they're even no, younger than. <laughs> They're baby, baby teens. Yeah, so so they take the bus to the mall. And I do like also that the time limit makes it reminiscent of, like, a family trip to the mall where it's right. like, we're just going to get this one thing and, and we're going to get, get out. out, kids. I am going to turn this bus around if we don't get to Radio Shack <laughs> No distractions. Time. We no. have to get home. <laughs> oh, P.S. Axe. So Axe morphs this human morph again, which is the mix of all four of the human animorphs. He's their child, right? Yeah, like, that's he's like their little baby. Is. Yeah, it's, it's this beautiful combination of all four of them. I like that they, I like that, like, Marco is saying, like, like, Axe, your human morph would make either, like, like, an unattractive girl or, like, a really beautiful, like, boy. And then Axe is just like, I'm an Andalite. Right. Like, like I'm an alien. I, I don't, don't conform care about this to your garbage. weird gender, gender standards, Marco. Like, get uh, off of it. Bless Axe. Bless Axe. Um, I, I really like that Jake talks to him like you would... A small alien child <laughs> also. So when Axe morphs, they've, like, apparently they managed to convince him, like, no, we do need you to morph, like, into your spandex. Have we ever talked about clothes? <laughs> so when you morph, <laughs> when you morph, to. you can't morph, like, your cool winter jacket and, like, your beautiful boots. The only clothing that you can keep with you, again, through whatever hand-wavy morphing cube tech, <laughs> is, like, skin-tight spandex. So... <laughs> They're either in, like, leotards or, like, those cool... Bike shorts. Yeah, bike shorts. It's and, all, like, like, very, um, like, it's it's definitely, like, stuff that, like, when these books were coming out, mm-hmm. it was, like, I think the the 80s and, like, that jazzercise <laughs> thing was still, like, 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 at the time, I did not question why all these kids would have, like, a spandex bodysuit right. hanging around. <laughs> but now I'm like, where would you get that? Like, right. leggings, sure, but, like, right. the whole... Right. But yes, sure, I, guess Ra- I guess Rachel stole gymnastics stuff That's is true. what I thought She's if the I ever only thought one. about it. Right. She's the only one who, like, I could, like, fully, like, believe. But, mm-hmm. so they, yeah, so they have to wear spandex. And there's a discussion in all the books so far... But especially in this one, there's a couple parts where Marco's joking about how ugly their, like, yeah. morphing outfits are. <laughs> well, like, I they actually, can't I do bet shoes. that Marco has, like, Spider-Man brand bike shorts <gasps> because he's such a comics nerd and I love it. That's so cute. I yeah, bet he he's thinks... just, like, stealth trying to incorporate this cool comics uniform into all of he their drops, morphing outfits. He drops, he drops a lot of, yeah, a so lot of, like, big two. Yeah. So many specific, like, nerd references. Mm-hmm. Like, towards the end, there's a part where he's like, oh, yeah, me and Jake, we're talking about who would win. Batman or Superman? And I was like, he knows! He knows about this movie! Oh, he spoke to us across the decades and he said, don't see it, kids. It's don't all see bad. It. Don't see it. <laughs> um, so they go to the mall mm-hmm. and, um... Oh, Axe, and Axe spends the whole trip there just, like, making strange mouth yeah. noises. Because he's great. still not used to having a mouth. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, he can't keep it together. He's too excited about this new morph body. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's making noise on the bus. They get to the mall and like they immediately lose him. <laughs> like, they, like they're I'm, terrible parents. Jake and Marco lost their son no, within. They lost seconds, their egg baby within seconds. Like, 
Like, oh, you I missed just, the egg baby. They would have failed tech. Like, that would never have flown. So it was like immediately. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what they were doing. Just immediately Axe was gone. They're like, where is he? <laughs> and then they like run around and they I find him online. Like I was, I was like, oh, Axe is so good. He's actually online. Right. He figured coffee, that out. Good work. I buy like a latte. Mm-hmm. And then he's like super impressed by um, a coffee oh, the, cup lid yeah. having a hole so he can drink from it. And he's like, oh, oh this, this innovative is so... technology. It's so fancy. And then he, and then he, he tastes um, a coffee, I think. Mm-hmm. And this is the start of Axe's like, <laughs> whole new world of flavors. Yes. Welcome to Flavortown, Axe. <laughs> Population Axe. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've joked for like a year about doing a zine just called Snacks of Every Food <laughs> Item that Axe consumes in Animorphs. And I think it might have to happen because even yes. in this one book, there's like 17 different things that he tries. So he's, gonna... he's like screaming about this coffee. He's thrilled. He's like, oh, I smelled connected to yeah. taste. These two senses seem like, like they share connected. some underpinning. Yeah. I was going to say you could have him, like you could have his rating for every food, but I think he would rate every food five. as like every 100. Every food is a five from cigarette butts yeah. all the way to Cinnabon. Yeah. It's all five. It's good. Oh, there's so many flavors in yes. it. It's so good. <laughs> Um, so Axe is, is definitely a quantity over quality guy. Like, is yeah. it a distinct flavor? That's great. Are there flavors? Good. <laughs> can I can I taste it? A plus. I love Does it. Does it fit in my mouth? Mmm, excellent. <laughs> can I make it fit in my mouth? Okay. <laughs> We're good. Um, I, the other thing I liked about this, so they, they grab Mark and then they go to Radio Shack. I mean, they grab Axe and then they mm-hmm. go to Radio Shack. And the other thing that I enjoyed about this mall adventure, besides how goofy it was, was that yes. they kept naming... Like we're reading the older version of the books, so they kept naming um, stores that are out of business oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> like there's Radio Shack, Circuit City, uh-huh. Unlimited, which may still be in business, but I haven't. They've seen They've got one some staying power, but right, it's also it's presented as like the teen girls go to the limit, which is false. That is that is for sophisticated <laughs> office ladies, not for teens. <laughs> well, I was like maybe. Like maybe the limited two. I'm mean, oh, getting yeah. into that oh, around yeah. the same no, time. I could as these see books, that. Actually, but... you know what? Limited two had a great run of like Neopets brand yeah, toys. They so, were yes. the place to go yes. <laughs> for your your Neopets doll and like a shirt covered in glitter. Yep. That said limited two in giant letters. <laughs> oh, that was that was so good. <laughs> anyway, join us for our nineties nostalgia podcast. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> so So this so is they, a farce. They, this whole little plot is just it's like so a much farce. Fun. It's wonderful it's so much fun. and it's just upbeat, like Axe gets super into the technology. I like that yeah. he doesn't um he doesn't stutter when he's talking about all yeah. the cool tech he needs. Yeah, because uh, it's like he does know like it's like I do like that he is knowledgeable about something, so mm-hmm. otherwise he would get like super frustrating to read about. Right. But it's like he's just he's really excited about this morph, so he's mm-hmm. like getting out of control. Yeah. But once it's something that he knows about, like he's like, Oh, okay, let me figure out which parts I can take. Mm-hmm. Like then he's like fully like focused. Yeah. He like he's not like being weird. He's not like doing weird mouth noises mm-hmm. he's just like okay these are the ones that we can use i just need one more thing the the, the z space the z space transponder yes there's some, I feel like there's some mentioned other earlier. right like you know no big but he kind of is working on this assumption that humans already have faster than light yeah. travel and have discovered like z space zero space which is their weird like non-dimension um where faster than light travel is possible and it's like a communications facilitator somehow there are a couple of good alien tech words he drops while he's hunting for parts, which I don't even know if I can pronounce, but one of them is Gertmoth, and the other one is Fleer, and I like those. They make nice shapes. Fleer. So those are things that go into his distress beacon. 
Speaking of like alien words, I don't know if we ever said that Axe's full name is like. Oh my god, no, we haven't. Can you say Axe-Millie? Uh, let's see. Axe-Millie Eskaroff-Istil. Yeah. Is-til? Something like that. Which obviously they shortened to Axe. Yeah. <laughs> so like me and like my 12 year old self can pronounce them. Yes. But. <laughs> um, so, but so, yeah, so they have can, great names just across they, the board. Like fear for yeah. their parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they get their parts, but then Zach, then um, Axe gets distracted again mm-hmm. and like darts into the food court because mm-hmm. he smells good smells. Oh, those um, good smells include a half-eaten pizza. <laughs> a half-eaten pizza. Yeah, he's just like apparently eating like discarded food on all the tables. Yeah, that's they they come out because they notice this crowd heading to the food court. They're like, well, guess where? <laughs> yeah, guess where our boy on. went? Where's our and good then, good food boy? <laughs> And then, like, Axe meets his one true love, which yes. is part of a Cinnabon. Yes. Oh, <laughs> this is a love affair that will span just the entire length of this series. Yeah, this is, like, the true romance yes. of the Animorphs book. Yes, forget Actually, Rachel Tobias. Actually, Axe flavors yeah, in general, fair. but fair. Axe and Cinnabons. Like, I had to, like, when I knew we were reading this book, mm-hmm. I went and got one of those tubes of cinnamon rolls that you, like, have the dough and you throw it in oh, the oven. Yes. Because I was like, I know I'm going to want this. <laughs> Um, oh, and this isn't even a whole Cinnabon. I think you're right. No, it's just so he, he's literally like running around the food court tables and eating all the trash that people have left behind. So it's not <laughs> food. Trash it's boy. like it's food adjacent. Yes, like yeah. a good good trash boy is just like into he, whatever shreds of flavor are left like behind. Like it's not. It's not like they, we don't hear that he actually ate like a napkin covered in pizza grease, oh, but, but I'm pretty sure he did. He did. <laughs> you know he did. Know he did. Um, so, so this at this point, Axe is just like out of control. He mm-hmm. starts like demorphing for reasons oh that I was not fully in. <laughs> like, oh, I, I think I think it's when um, so mall cops are upset by him. Oh, the yeah, mall cops. the mall cops because he's uh, Jake like tells him to throw away some food, so he like yeah, so picks he up a cigarette and throws it at a mall cop. <laughs> Mall cops so, are yeah, chasing then... him, and in his like, he doesn't know how to run on two legs yet, which is great. So in his panic, <laughs> he decides the best thing to do is to morph back, which is just there it's are just so like many problems idea. with this decision, right? And then like, there's a part where like, like uh, Marco and Jake can't figure out where Axe is. They're mm-hmm. running around, and then they hear people going, "Oh God, what's that?" <laughs> and of course, it's Axe, like half demorphed in like. The, the most gentle of the gross morph descriptions in this right, book. Right, He only just has, axed. like, two two baby, like, deer legs hanging out his chest. Like, that's yeah. nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> um, so they have to run away from the cops and, and get out of the mall. Mm-hmm. They end up running into a nearby grocery store. Great. And and they're like, okay. And, oh, and one of the mall cops said um, Andalite. Right, so they know he's a demorphing. controller. So they know he's a controller, so, they mm-hmm. have, so they're extra afraid. So they run, they go to the grocery store, and, like, they they have to hide. So they get the genius idea to I hate this. morph in... I hate, I hate it. They, have, <laughs> they morph into lobsters in, like, the lobster tank. And this is awful because <laughs> just everything about this is terrible. The morph description is terrible. Yep. Like, they, what happens once they're lobsters is terrible. terrible. Then they get taken away from the store, and, like, they're on ice, so they lose track of time. Mm-hmm. Because, so they're like, just, I'm like, sleeping why. as lobsters. Yeah, they're, like, like, sleepy lobsters. Yeah. The other animals don't know where they are. Right. They're being taken away. And then... They get to like someone's house or like mm-hmm. a kitchen, mm-hmm. and this poor lady just—I mean, I like I am people who like like boiling lobsters is horrible. It's so so gross to me. But then like this poor lady just wants to make food. Like she 
Like she's like putting these lobsters in the pot, and, and then one of them the lobster. grows. One of them <laughs> grows a pair of human lips. Yeah, human lips that are silently screaming because yes. it's Marco trying to like stop her from shoving him in a pot of boiling water. <laughs> like this is how he could have died. <laughs> <laughs> He could have just been a lobster with human lips. Oh like, my goodness! And so this poor lady. This is my number one pick. Yes, the for worst, worst day, day than the animorphs. This <laughs> um, poor because woman. She's like she's just like making a meal, mm-hmm. and then suddenly the lobster is morphing and screaming. The other two lobsters demorph too, yeah. and they're like she has to watch for like. It's what like feels three like three minutes. Yeah. Three minutes the of her screaming in a corner. I don't even want to. Like some I, time. I wrote down some of these notes of the morph descriptions, but I can't bring myself to read them on air because they upset <laughs> me just to look They're at. They're like just like mix and max, mix and match your favorite words from valves, cuticles, yeah. complex oh. mess, dissolving <laughs> bones, and fingernail-like crust. Just like. Take those words and combine them in your favorite order and then cry, because that is what these descriptions made me want to do. And, like, some of it is, like, even if the um, word choice isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they paint like a strong word picture, Yeah, though. there's, like, oh, it's a, it's a strong um, mental picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, when he's... It's got he's quite a tur- bouquet. <laughs> it's a bouquet. When he's turning into a lobster, uh-huh. none of these words are bad. None of this <laughs> is awful. But he says... I was now the size of a toddler, no. more human than lobster. No. I was one nasty-looking kid, though, with eight <laughs> legs growing. I'm just like, no. oh, it's not so bad, but it's so bad. <laughs> it's not good. Oh, mm, I need, I need a recovery. I need, a, I need a second. Excuse me. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> that's only one of the the horrible morphs in this book. Right. Oh my gosh. This book has like five big set pieces. So that's like the mall is one of them. The grocery store and the lobsters are two, but there are three more giant significant adventures that have to happen. This This is a dense book. It did. And I think especially in contrast to Cassie's book, which we we just talked about, like how nice and quiet and slow and dreamlike and fantastic it was. This one is just like goosebumps threw up on an animorphs book. Yeah, like I was like trying. I was like, well, Cassie's book felt like um, it didn't feel long, mm-hmm. but I think it's because a lot of the scenes were very calm. Like it was yeah. Cassie talking to someone or Cassie looking at dolphins or something. Mm-hmm. So like, even though it's probably the same number of scenes about, it just felt so much slower, but also more self-contained and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> like this book, it was like every scene was like a like a bizarre set piece, mm-hmm. like morphing, which was like fun. <laughs> but I was just like, I got sixty-five percent of the way through the book, and I was like. I still have so much left to go. <laughs> like, what else is going to happen to them? So much, um, Meg. So much. These poor children. I don't so, even think the lobsters are the worst part of this no. book. And there's, you know, they lay in a lobster tank with live lobsters for an yeah. hour in there somewhere. Yeah. That time is just lost. What did they talk about? We don't know. It was too what? horrible to state. The worst part is they seem to lose track of time. Yeah. And, like, I think even Axe doesn't really know how long it's been fully because he's mm-hmm. a little out of it, too. And I'm just like, this is so, like, it's bad enough that they're <laughs> to turn into lobsters, but then they're sort of, like, losing track of time. They oh. could be stuck as lobster. No. No, no, no. Um, thank you. No, please. Anyways, so they do work for this poor Toba, woman. Tobias carrying around a lobster animal <laughs> forever. <laughs> that would be 
so sad. That would be the worst thing. Okay, I'm sorry. So, but they, they escape. They, like, they, they escape. walk out They're of this fine. woman's house. They just tell her, like, listen. Don't listen, say anything. It was all a dream. <laughs> please don't tell anyone. Please, 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 please. They're even, like, like just don't tell anyone about this dream because they'll just think, like, they'll just think, like, you're crazy. It's fine. Just don't mm-hmm. say anything. And she just, like, nods at them. Right. And I was like, yeah, just. just it's pretend, that just bad. It's that bad. Put this bad. out of your mind, lady. Yeah. Um. So they go, so they, so they regroup with everyone, I think, the next day. Yeah, and, I, and in between, um, in between, there's this brief, quiet, sad scene um, with Marco dreaming, and, you know, it's a horrible dream. Oh they God. all have horrible dreams. Um, but he wakes up, and his dad, his dad shakes him awake because he's been screaming, um, and the first thing he, he asks his dad is, he, he thinks it's his mom, his mom who yeah. passed away, his mom who's lost at sea, essentially, Um so in between so all of these horrible things, yeah, I know, in between all of these immediate threats to Marco, we're reminded of, um, you know, here's his dad at home who's still struggling with major depression. Um, and I think the the saddest part of that, it's maybe two pages, but Marco talks about how sometimes when his dad is talking to him, he gets the feeling that his dad is just looking looking straight through him. And because yeah. Marco looks so much like his mother, when his dad looks at him, that's all he can see. Um, and it's, it's, it's so really sad. hard. It's hard to read. It's a really compelling description of loss and of navigating yeah. that kind of complex family relationship that kind of grows around, uh, you know, around that trauma, not to cover it, but to, to kind of find a way to move forward. It's also interesting because, um, because the book is narrated by Marco, it's mm-hmm. like he, he feeds us the information about what happened to his mom and about how his dad is sort of slowly because yeah. that's how Marco the character would do it like he doesn't really want to tell you right up front right like he'll get to it when he has to mm-hmm. but, but he's so like, defensive and there's so yeah. many layers of protective it's like even humor. even in this scene he's kind of like well I guess I look like my mom but um like I'm gonna like he like sort of is like yeah, going through it as quickly as possible it. it's mm-hmm. so sad and then like he doesn't even really talk about what actually happens like we already know from the other books like mm-hmm. a quick description of what happened but Marco That's... himself doesn't talk about it till almost at the end of the book. Yeah. Um, and he, he also sort of drops the bomb that the um, second anniversary of her death is coming up mm-hmm. really late in the book because he doesn't want to think about it. Yeah. Which is really interesting because he's he's not really a super unreliable narrator, but he's he's more complex he's than I think he would want you to think, which yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, after this really sad, like, it, it, it just, it's such a roller coaster because it goes from him having this super gross nightmare, which is even mm-hmm. grosser than the morphs, mm-hmm. to, like, this really, really sad, quiet moment where he just thinks, like, he has, like, that moment before he wakes up where he thinks his mom is there and then she's yeah. not, and he's talking to his dad and trying to, like, trying to... Trying to hold like, it together sound, for yeah, his Yeah, he's trying to hold sake. together for his yeah. dad. Um, which is so sad. So then... But then the next day, they have a picnic. Yeah, they have a picnic. And, like, I do like that even Marco is, like, I was, I really needed, like, a yeah. nice day. I was mm-hmm. really glad it was nice out. I was like, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to, like, just sit and have a oh, nice picnic. A nice day um, on the beach. That's what we keep coming back to is just let these kids lie please. in the sand in the sun. Um, so, so Axe basically is saying, like, well, we still need the Z, the Z space transponder. Right. Which is a pea-sized, like, metal thing mm-hmm. that he says like well if we like the Yerks are communicating amongst themselves they probably have one um and so they know chapman the chapman house has a um a, a holographic visor 3 projector yeah which they, we they saw can facetime yeah 
Yeah, they FaceTime. They hologram mm-hmm. FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decide they're going to have to, that's one they know about, they have to go get it. Yep. And they can't, they, Rachel's saying, like, we can't do the cat again, because then, like, we already, like, almost right. got Melissa controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get the horrible idea mm-hmm. to turn into ants mm-hmm. and sneak into the garage, mm-hmm. which immediately I was like, no, no I don't want them, no, I don't no, want them no. to be ants. No. Like, and I think even Marco says, like, I don't he want says, to do it. Yeah, no, Marco says, no, no, no. And then he says, basically, bugs are a bad idea. Yeah. And that's and when then, Jake <laughs> chimes in with the flea comment that you yeah. brought up before. No, the thing, the thing I love is that that's the next day because Marco says that he just left because he couldn't take, like, they started, <laughs> they started arguing about if they should be black or red ants. And uh-huh. Marco was just like, nope. <laughs> and he's like, I just left. And then oh, the next day, choice, Jake Marco. finds him at school uh-huh. and is like, we decided on black ants. <laughs> and Marco's like, I don't want to do it. And then that's when Jake is just like, it's not so bad being a flea. Right. <laughs> um... Um, so yes, yeah, so they have this terrible plan, and of course, oh, and that's like when, every... that's when Marco brings up the the two year anniversary of his mom's yeah. death is coming up too, and he's yeah. he's using this to kind of push back, like Jake, I really don't want to do this, Jake, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't die the same week my mom dad died essentially. Um, but then he also has this while he's thinking through this in his head, um, he kind of comes around from there to, um, I think he says somewhere, somewhere very far and way, far away, Axe's mom and dad, you know, it's like, it's a little heteronormative, yeah, but he's like, so... Axe's mom and dad are wondering what happened to their child somewhere yeah, far across so the galaxy, sweet. which is, yeah, which is sweet and lovely and very like thoughtful he... of Marco. Because it's like, it's like when he was talking about Cassie, it was like, he also is really empathetic and he mm-hmm. does feel like, oh, like, I know his parents must be going through like, yeah, part, like some of what I was going through with my mom. But he can't. He can't be genuine about it like Cassie can. Yeah. Like he Cassie can't wears be like, that on her sleeve. Yeah, Marco doesn't want is, you to see it. Which is like what part of what's so great and yeah. so strong about Cassie is that she can just do that. But mm-hmm. like Marco is not that kind of person, so he's just sort of like, mm, I guess I'll do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then of course. Like, every other time, they don't test the morph oh. before doing their plan, which I get from a, like, obviously you don't want to have a section in the book where they're, like, testing their morph. Right. <laughs> because there's already so much going on in these books, um, and it's more fun to have, like, action happening. Right. But I just, like, every time I'm, like, these They kids... could have solved it, right? You could have known that the fish couldn't see, and in this case, you would have known to never morph an ant. So... <laughs> yeah, like... Spoiler, being an ant's a bad idea. It's not fun. <laughs> like, it's very bad. It's very, 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 very bad. Yeah, like, we get, like, once they finally, they finally are, like, deciding to do this, like, we get another, like, two pages of ant, gross ant morph description. Yep. Let's just, just blip right over those. Don't want to get into like, it. Marco seems more disgusted by watching his friends morph than the other characters yeah. so far, which I guess is part of why like he's not really fully on board yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just sort of like, "It's so gross." I turned around so I wouldn't have to look at them. Yep. But yeah, I, it's I feel more... like Marco. Like I would have run away screaming, and that's definitely yeah. that keeps going throughout the whole book. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about in this first point of view cycle, all the kids are kind of discovering their their reasons to stay in the fight, and Marco doesn't come around to his until the very very end of this book. Yeah. So the like, whole time is just reinforcing this idea of like, you know, Marco's loyal to his friends, but he's really struggling with. He also deeply cares about his father and his family. Um, so that's his the other end of his balance. Yeah, um, is that he he cares right now more about protecting his family than he does about like this fight maybe, or he's trying to reconcile that. Yeah, because I think it's like he he does care. Like he cares about his dad and he cares about the animal. Like he does care about everything. Yeah. 
Um, but, but that's he kind a lot. Of that's a lot for one kid to weigh. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I mean, he's also like what thirteen. Like, yep. he's a thirteen-year-old boy, so yep. obviously he doesn't really want to let on. But mm-hmm. like, he's feeling all this stuff. But yeah. then he kind of is trying to act like he doesn't, which is what's interesting about like his narration. Even he's sort of balancing like <laughs> dropping these really sad like things about how he's feeling, and then like making pop culture references which is <laughs> thank goodness though um right. no he's good so, for balance yeah i'm, I'm looking through, through my my highlights and mm-hmm. i have like part of cassie's morph and it's disgusting <laughs> um so so they turn into ants it's and, bad it's so bad which okay like <laughs> i know cassie probably hasn't worked on any ants at her parents farm yeah but um, you'd think one of them would know right like, like, I guess they can't an, Google an animals, because they don't have, like, they have, like, they have, like, modems connected to AOL.com, right, right. so I guess they can't Google things. But, like, ants have, a, like, a hive it's mind, a hive basically. Mind. Yeah. So when they turn into ants, there's, like, a while where all of them just lose all sense of self. Mm-hmm. They're just complete ants, and it's, like, not... It's like not like you know when they morphed into like a mouse or something where it's like the there was a brain to push back again. Yeah, yeah, there's no individualness. It's just being part of the collective. Mm-hmm. So they spend a while being ants and like mm-hmm. and Tobias, Tobias is hovering is over them, them as they're like crawling over his talons uh, and like trying not to step on his tiny ant friends. Poor yeah, Tobias, and Tobias is spends, screaming the whole time. Yeah, he spends so much time just like yelling at his friends yeah. while they're animals, like get it together. <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, I'm a bird and I can handle this. Like, please. So, it's so bad. And there's a part where um, Marco finally, like, remembers himself in yeah. the morph, which was, like, really interesting because knowing what we know about his mom, yeah. which we find out at the end of the book, what he says is really, like, it, like, it must have been on purpose because it's really creepy because he's saying, like, um, he's screaming because he just, like, woke up in, his, in this ant body and he's saying, like, like, Tobias said later that it scared him half to death. He thought I was being killed. That wasn't it at all. I had been reborn. Which is, which is like, what happened to Ooh, his mom, we yeah. find out later. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, so... Like, he says, um, I lost myself. I was gone. I was lost. I didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, it's so, it's, it's so good. awful. It's good. It's awful, but it's also a really good, like, that theme keeps coming up. Yeah. And there are other places where he talks a little bit about... Um, kind of struggling with identity. Um, yeah. So I guess that, that's the, being reiterated. And also, like, they're part, like, the ants that they are are part of, like, one colony, and there's mm-hmm. another colony of ants that ends up giving giving them some trouble later, mm-hmm. which is sort of tying in with stuff that happens on yeah. the yeah, alien ship later. With the which is like clashes of, yeah. Which is, like, more, like, tying together of themes than I would expect from these books. Because <laughs> um, they could have just, they, they're just adventure books. It doesn't really need to have any kind of, like, Right, but no, it's a good echo. Like that, which yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they're ants. They finally get it together, and they're all horrified. Like, Axe specifically is saying, like, these these are vile creatures. Right, they're, <laughs> like, not, they're not even living, they're like essentially. Cells. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they all don't want to do it again, so mm-hmm. they're going to, like, go through with the plan. Um, so they go so they into make the it into the basement. Um, they're poking around and like finding various pieces of technology, like York technology. Um, Axe finds this like future computer and is really surprised that Marco knows how to work a computer. <laughs> which is like I don't know how to interpret Axe's condescension. He goes from like, oh what? So like I expected you to have Z space technology into like your puny humans can't work a keyboard, <laughs> can you? In the space of like twenty pages. 
I guess in his defense, it's kind of how we are when he's, like, flipping out about, like, ooh, this this beverage! <laughs> My senses! That's very true. That's very true. Um, Andalites are complex, just like humans are complex. That's fair. I um, shouldn't be giving him so much grief, but, but he yeah, just no, loves flavors so much. <laughs> yeah, like, I... I think if he didn't have something that he felt superior to them about, oh, he, he would, would be, be a little broken. bit uncomfortable. He would be broken. Yeah. Poor baby. Um, he's so lost and lonely. Yeah. Relax. I, um, I'm just, I'm so glad he's here because he's so fun in this yes, book. Yes. Um, yes, he is. He is a little ray of sunshine in this horrible and this horrible bug adventure. Yeah. So, so they find, um... They find the little Z-space thing. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, I like that, like, Axe is describing it, and he was like, yeah, there's probably, like, a couple in there. You right. just take one? I was like, what, what kind of technology is this? It's very have, like, redundant. That's there? great. Like, that is not gonna break. They're gonna be okay. <laughs> or maybe um, the signal so they, will be a little bit fuzzy the next time he yeah. tries to call Vista 3, but not enough to, like, set off alarms. <laughs> like, the bars will not all be there. Yeah. Aw. There um, is a part, um, during the section where Axe drops casually... Oh, only Visser 3 has an Andalite body. Oh, yeah. Visser 1 has a human body, I think. Oh, wait, here it is. Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. they just drop that in there. Yeah. And, like, since I read this book before, I was just like, oh, oh it is in this book. Yep. And they also <laughs> um, tell you, like, while Marco's poking around on the computer, Axe reads an announcement about, like, oh, Visser 1 is coming to Earth oh, yeah. to, like, to see how the invasion is going. So we know that this mysterious figure who's, like, Visser, Visser 3's super boss, like, yeah. they're going to be visiting at some point in the not-too-distant future. And once again, I love so much that Visser 3 is not the top banana. Yes, like that, ex- me too. that explains it's so, so much about his character, yes. is that he is not the top. There are two yeah. people above him, and he mm-hmm. hates the first one he so has, much. Yep, he has chips on every single one of his so human and deer shoulders. <laughs> He's like the, the Dwight Schrute. <laughs> like, he wants like he wants that power, but he yeah. can't he's not there. No. He's, he's, he keeps screwing he's so up. Immature. He's got like yeah. his his like body is like the equivalent of like like someone who buys like a really cool looking car that oh. just keeps breaking down. Like, yeah. like his body's cool, it's useful in some ways, but he's just like he doesn't know anything about Earth. He well, keeps no, screwing up. No, I'm sorry, he does, oh, but he's too distracted by how much he loves tigers <laughs> oh, to spend I have, any time. <laughs> I mean, I did mark down there's a couple mentions of Fister oh. Three learning about animals. Yes. Loving animals. Um, we can get to those when we get to yeah. those. Yeah. So back to our back to our teens. Yes. They oh my they God, have to morph back into ants to get out. Yep. Which is the worst. Yep. Um, it's just terrible. Like as soon as they demorph to look around the room, I was like, Oh god, they're gonna have to turn back into ants. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't wanna I don't wanna see this. I don't wanna I don't wanna Um and the really creepy part is when they were going in before, they all knew like from their ant mind, they knew that there was an enemy mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. But they couldn't like since they aren't actual ants, they couldn't really piece together what that was. They just knew they had to get out quickly. So when they're going back, they end up seeing a rival like ant colony in the tunnel they're in. And they have to, like, fight their way out. And this is, like, this is, like, so... This fight they have with these ants is so horrible. It's... Um, this book is for children, Meg. Yeah. It's for children. And, and, and they're getting like, bitten in half and having, having their, their legs, their legs ripped, off. ripped off. And, like, and there's, like, acid or poison or something from the other ants. And they're being bitten and, like, chewed apart. And so, like, he... He, like, Marco is like, we have to morph out. We have to morph back into human. So, like, when they're, like, almost out, they, like, Mm -hmm. morph morph back into human. Like, I guess while they're in sand, so they're able to crawl out. Yeah. It's so awful. And then, like, 
<laughs> I think the part that was the worst, that was like such a good, gross, horrible part, is that Marco says later on oh, when he, he got home, mm-hmm. he found because like when he's morphing, it's like a, there's an ant basically trying to chew him in half. Yeah, like and, nearly, nearly severs his thorax. Yeah, or I don't, I don't have. Yeah, I don't, like I'm not up on part. my ant facts. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, like little ant. Because then he says, like, oh, when I went home and took a shower, I could find, I found, like, an ant head embedded in my waist. (laughs) It's It's such a good, creepy, like, it's such a good, creepy, like, thing for later, but, like, so gross. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so upset. (laughs) Um, And, like, he says something, like, he looked up in a book about, like, he read a book about ants later, which I don't know why you would do that, Marco. Don't do it. Like, just never look at an ant again. No. But he says, like, he read a book where, like, the author said, like, if ants had nuclear weapons, they would end the world in a week. And he was like, they wouldn't take that long. Ants are horrible. (laughs) It's just, it's so awful. And then he he sort of, like, even as the narrator, he plays off the fact that he, like, clearly had nightmares that night. Like, he was like... I slept okay. If I had some dreams, I didn't think about it. Whatever. No big deal. Right. And then the oh. next day, all of the other animorphs are also similarly, like, like just None of them just, have like, slept traumatized. in, like, a week. Like, yeah, like, full it's zombies so walking through school. Um, yeah, Rachel, like, snaps and uh, attacks another kid in school because they're yeah. all strung, thro- strung so thin and yeah. running on empty. Um, Although what's and, nice is that, like, the the one good thing we get out of this, like, horrible moment where, like, Rachel, like, just starts fighting another girl in the lunchroom <laughs> is that, like, Marco, like, in, like he inserts himself in it and they all get called to the, like, principal's office <laughs> where Chapman, like, Chapman has uh, to continue being a principal even though right. he's uh, I'm a sorry, controller. I'm sorry, you mean a vice principal? A vice, no, an assistant, assistant principal. principal. Yeah, I don't know if we ever meet He's the, the Visser 3 of principals. The, he definitely is. Yeah. But I just love that this Yurik has to do his job, which includes yep. doing things like, Counseling Rachel. teens, yeah. Like he says, like Rachel, he does, do you like, have, the are very... you under some stress? Is there something going yeah. on at home that you want to talk about? And Rachel's just looking at him with daggers in her eyes, especially like you. since like we know that like real Chapman knows yeah. Rachel because yeah. like she's friends with his daughter. Mm-hmm. So like it was like a very normal there's thing to have. Levels him go... of discussion. <laughs> yes, there's like like obviously if he wasn't a controller, hearing him go, "Are you okay?" would be horrifying because it's right. like. Ugh, <laughs> then there's like a yerk in there trying like it's like his like it must be so hard to be a principal in a school full of human teens if you're a yerk um like, that would be like a really good sitcom is like a yerk trying his best to be a good principal yes um, oh my gosh he could hang out with our with our friends the hork bajir and the human who died oh my who we god love. i would watch all three of them together forever it'd be a new addition to our like comedy gallery yes. of like what we wish yes um so and, yeah, know, the nice the moment. The kids are just having a nice picnic on the beach. But yes, the nice moment while the they're nice in the office. The nice moment that happens is that um, basically Rachel's going to be in big trouble, right. and like the principal is like, like Chapman is basically saying like, "Oh, is something going on? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on?" And then like Marco has this moment where he's terrified that Rachel is going to like just blurt like, it all out. Yeah, because like she, when she gets mad, she gets mad. Mm-hmm. So like he's like, "Oh, she might." Like, I think he says, like, he doesn't really think she's going to do it, but she could. Yeah. So he, like, he immediately diffuses it by making a joke about, like, he's like, they were fighting over me. And then the other girl is like, ew. <laughs> you toad, I think she says, which is yeah. great. Um, so then they has, like, a, there's a really nice moment where Rachel is, like, like, because, like, Marco and Rachel don't really get along super well. Like, mm-hmm. they, they joke with each other, but, like, They're both Marco clearly irritates her. Yeah. Like, genuinely irritates her mm-hmm. sometimes. But there's a really nice part where she was saying, like, 
like we're really I'm really grateful that you're around Marco yeah. because we need someone who can make us laugh like mm-hmm. you're really strong and like it's really like I was like the fact that Rachel is the one saying that she really values this about him is so nice yeah no it makes it a much more powerful moment and she calls him like calm and collected yeah, or cool he, and collected and he's like oh do you really think like, of me that you? way <laughs> like, yeah I'm not so but do you really yeah it felt like a very honest well-observed moment of dialogue and I really liked it yeah so um after this though is sports watch <laughs> they mentioned sports <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry can we get that intro noise again what was that? <laughs> that's um like you a know, buzzer you know going galaxy off. quest you know when the <laughs> translator breaks in galaxy quest that's what we're doing it's just yeah <laughs> that's like basically sports like watch. that's my secret is i'm yeah. one of those weird um what were they? They were like octopuses. And oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember the name. Great movie. Everybody watch Galaxy oh, yeah. Quest. Oh, yeah. Just watch Galaxy Quest. Uh-huh. Um, I think Marco would enjoy Galaxy Quest. Oh, my that's, gosh. That's yeah. a fitting That's a that's Marco a fitting movie. Reference. Um, <laughs> so they talk about sports, which well, I... They talk about basketball, Yeah, they, right? they say a specific sport. Yeah. <laughs> it's basketball. Yeah. Although I do like that. I think I think it's because they're trying to not tie in mm-hmm. um, their kids with a location. Yeah. Because, like, within, within the fiction, they don't want to say where they are. Right. But also... Um, I think also as a writer, they don't want to tie them into one place. They right. want to so see, like, everyone universal. can identify with you. Yeah. Um, so they say, like, like Marco's like, me and Jake talked about basketball and which teams we thought would be in the NBA finals, <laughs> which is, like, so vague. Right. Like, it's still, it's still approaching like, like we talked about sports for yeah, a while. We levels. talked about sports. And then there is a part later on where they're, like, um, arguing about what to do next where Marco is like, remember when we used to argue about who – did the best jump shot <laughs> instead of who had the best bird morph. <laughs> I was like, oh, there it goes, sports. Oh. There's a there's a break because of Cassie. Yeah. We're back in the sports. Yep. The sport. The sport. Just sport singular, <laughs> please. Um, so. This has been Sports Watch. Yeah, anyway, back to, like, terrible sad things. Mm-hmm. Marco tells Jake that he's going to quit, which is something we haven't seen. We haven't, like, Marco hasn't told us, the reader, that, this, yeah. that he's going to do this, but it makes complete sense. Once he, like, says to Jake what he's going to do. Like, he's saying, like, my mom's anniversary, the the anniversary of my mom's death is coming up. Mm -hmm. Like, we almost died as ants. We keep almost dying. I'm going to quit. And then Jake, because he's his best friend, doesn't really fight him. He's just like, okay. No, he's so accepting. He's just like, yeah, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, okay. Like, how do you want me to handle this? Do you want me to tell people for you? Do you not want me to tell them? He's so supportive. He's such a good friend. They're such good friends. Mm -hmm. Like, I... It's so sweet. Like, they really support each other. Yeah. Just, like, so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, amongst all this horrible, all these horrible morphs and sad right. things And, happening. you know, normally they're such jokey, jokey buds, but I think in this case, Jake really gets how how devastated Marco is and yeah. just completely, like, talks him through it. Like, okay, like, what do you need from me? What can I do? Yeah. Um, which is great. But so, yeah, so going into the, the final mission of this book, Marco has told us, like, this is it. This is my last yeah. one. Like, I'm done done being an Animorph. Yeah, and he's basically, he's only told Jake at this point because mm-hmm. I think he doesn't want to deal with the fallout. Yeah. Um. So, so the whole time he's thinking, like, this is going to be the last one. Like, I'm just going to do it this one last time. I'm going to help them mm-hmm. out. I'm going to help Axe get home. And then I'm out. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, so they, they, they turn into birds so they can bring the transponder thingy into the quarry because signals or something, or I don't know why Mm -hmm. they had to go into the quarry. (laughs) Right. I like, I like that they're, 
I like that there are gravel quarries also. I wasn't aware that that was a thing that we quarried for. I thought gravel was yeah, just like the trash discarded rocks that nobody yeah, else like, wanted. Yeah, like I thought that was what you would, that, that would be like the product of a quarry. Right, but... exactly. Like a side effect. <laughs> um, um, I like that. I like that Axe likes his bird morph. Yeah, I like, yeah, Axe gets a new bird morph and he's mm-hmm. like, this is so great. Mm-hmm. I love this. Mm-hmm. And then he and Tobias are comparing like how good their sight is. Yeah. And Tobias is like, <laughs> Yeah, I think I can actually see better than you. I think, like, red-tailed hawks have better sight than I'm like, I cannot imagine having better sight than this. This is so much fun. It's cute. Like, I love having talons. Like, yeah. it's, it's so sweet. Oh, yeah, sweet. he says Tobias's shape is truly wonderful in every yeah. way, from the sharp talons to the beak. It's much better than the human body. <laughs> I also, and, and then Marco, Marco is like, what if we just flew around being birds? Yeah. And I was like, thank and you for speaking yeah, for all of everybody us, Everybody else Tobias. is just like, ha-ha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? As the reader of the book, I was just like, please, please, why please can't you just fly be happy away, fly away home? <laughs> um, so, so they send out this signal, and of course, things go wrong, mm-hmm. and like, well, I guess maybe things go right because I think this signal might have actually gone where they wanted it to go. Right, but the problem um, is, but it also like the Yurks have that frequency like flagged or whatever, mm-hmm. so they are like, oh, the Andalites are signaling, we better go, we better go. Catch them right so the yurks like roll out pretty quickly mm-hmm. um and basically all the animorphs are like okay we're gonna stay we're gonna put on our battle morphs mm-hmm. and i'm gonna put on my just, tiger coat and get yeah. ready to fight mm, yeah but that i do appreciate that these morphs like were super quick which is like well axe turned into a tiger i mean uh, yep jake turned into a tiger no big deal mm-hmm. um and axe doesn't have morph because to... axe is axe's yeah, predator axe right is now is a shark like... and that would not be practical <laughs> just him flopping <laughs> flop, on the ground flop, flop. Mm-hmm. um so they're anticipating having to fight, like, a single hork and a taxon, because that's what they think bug ships are yeah. staffed with. Um, so, so all, a bunch of hork show up, and then they, then Visor 3 shows up, our good friend. Yeah, so they, they spring a total trap, like, they, the, yeah. the initial bug fighter lands, and they take out the hork really easily, um, and then it quickly becomes apparent, like, a hundred hork yeah, show up like around the edges of the ship. quarry. Yeah, it's like like you know fifty ships worth. Like they're yeah. they're outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, <laughs> outplanned. Oh god! Um, these hundred giant salad shooters standing around the edge of the gravel pit, and Tobias can't flap out because yeah. they all have their laser guns, which I refuse to learn the real You're name of. Dracon beam. Dracon. They have dragon the guns. Beam just the beam in the. Anyway, so Mr. Mr. Three shows up, yeah. and he he gets to talk about animals some more. Yes, like he's... the highlights. Give me this. <clears throat> what a colorful assortment of morphs, he said. <laughs> Earth has such wonderful animals, don't you agree? When we have enslaved the humans, made the planet in our image, we will have to be sure and keep some of these forms alive. It will be entertaining to try some of these morphs myself. None of us said anything. <laughs> and then, and then, like Mr. Three looks at Jake, and he's like. Especially you. That is a beautiful, a beautiful deadly, deadly animal. animal. I, I approve. approve. <laughs> like, and then there he is loves a part cats where, so much. He loves them. Uh-huh. And then later on, and I just like that this is tracking because like he did like the cat morph yep. before. Yep. But then there is a part later on where um, Visser One shows up, and Visser One is in a human morph, oh, yeah. like Axe said, mm-hmm. and Visser One says something like. Like that's a gorilla. Because <laughs> like, like if you take is, the like, time to learn anything about yeah. the planet, like you would not be impressed by yeah, like, like it's a dog. That's yeah. a cat. Like good work. So it's like I do appreciate that Visser One is on board with wanting Visser Three to learn about animals. Right. Like, I know, and that's pick part up a of book. What's even better is that this kind of it's we will learn that it ties into this conflict between Visser Three and Visser yeah. One. Is that Visser Three like 
doesn't care about the planet he's taking over except when it pertains to him directly or except when it's like a beautiful tiger morph essentially <laughs> so it's a really great way to show up like his kind of viscer three's arrogance versus like the calm planning strategist uh that viscer one is yeah especially since like i i enjoy viscer three because he's so over the top yeah yeah but, because like, he's a he... comedy he's a comic book villain it's amazing yeah. so like seeing him um like compared to Visser 1, it's like, mm -hmm. I can see why Visser 3 is only Visser 3. Yes. <laughs> like, he's got, like, this cool morphing body. Right. And, like, he's impressive, and he probably mm -hmm. gets the troops going. Mm -hmm. But he seems like he never knows what he's doing. No. Like, he still hasn't killed these Andalites. Each time he captures them, he sort of is like, no, I'm gonna wait. Right, like, right take now. their form. Right now, he captures them, and is like, actually, I want to show off your animal forms to Visser yeah. 1. Like, and that's why I'm not like, gonna murder you right now. And there's a point where, like, because Visser 3 and his hork basically capture the Animorphs. They force them mm -hmm. onto their ship um, to show Visser 1. I think he's partly trying to impress Visser One. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> trying to show no, her up. absolutely. He's trying to he's trying to show off, and he's just uh, his arrogance is going to be his downfall. So there's a part where like Axe is the only one who like like all the other animorphs are like we're not going to say anything to him, we're not going to mm -hmm. give him anything. Um, but Axe is the baby who's never been in battle before, so he starts yelling at like like you're an abomination, you're disgusting, blah, blah. and then. <laughs> Like, Visser 3 is, like, saying he's, like, finally have captured the Andalite bandits. Right. Finally! And then, like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, your buddies will be helpful to our side. Mm -hmm. And and then Axe is like, then there'll be, like, a bunch of you. You won't be special anymore. <laughs> and then and then Visser 3 is like, oh, that's true. And I'm just like, Visser 3, what were what was your plan what here? What was the plan? Yeah. Were you just going to have backup Andalites? Like, oh, I know you oh, like being special. Oh, that's though, is just keep them in a cage forever until his Andalite body <laughs> dies. I can see him doing that oh no i could see him doing it but it doesn't like from a it's not a lot of forethought yeah no it it's would not very... it would not fly with the council of 13 or whoever yeah. the big wigs are it's definitely like viscer three as an individual would yeah. enjoy doing that because yeah. he's like he's he's high up in the yurk chain but he's definitely more interested in himself than mm -hmm. in anything about taking over the planet for the yurks yep he just wants to have a planet full of like cool animals mm -hmm. that he can like hang out with viscer three zoo <laughs> Yeah, the V3 Zoo. <laughs> um, so, Sponsored by Jello and Sport. Oh my god, that would be incredible. Yes. <laughs> so they, they get brought up to this ship, and we're introduced for the first time to um, the kind of private armies of the Vissers. Um, yeah. So they're set apart in these different uniforms. There's like a red one, a red and gold one, um, and it's kind of, it's the callback to the ants that we were talking about earlier, because yeah. they're, they're kind of on parade. Um, both the Animorphs are brought on parade, and... These um, these armies are clearly set up for show, like they're waiting in ranks, um, and you get the impression that Visser One soldiers are. There are fewer of them, but they're all like they describe like the hork bajir look extra buff, and the humans yeah. look extra polished, um, and um, it's just kind of giving the impression again that Visser One has their act together a little bit more than Visser Three does, and Visser Three is kind of great at the showiness of this but maybe maybe doesn't have a whole lot underpinning it maybe is mostly here to yell and support his own cause yeah like um, i can like, you can tell that viscer one is like serious and yeah. in control whereas yeah. viscer three is kind of just like middle management <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's like a showboat yeah um which is useful for them obviously but right. not um the best so they the Animorphs all decide, like, we're going to stay in our Battle Morphs until right. the last minute. We don't want them to know our secret. Mm -hmm. um, we're just going to stay here. And then Visser 1 walks in. And the whole time I was dreading this because I was yep. like, I know who Visser 1 is. Yep. 
Because like Tobias, like I didn't Marco think it would spent come the whole book. Mm-hmm. Marco spent the whole book being upset about his mom, and like, of course, Visser one walks in and it's his mom. Mm-hmm. Like, like she's she's been controlled at some point. And there's yeah. a horrible part where Marco is trying. Like Marco is like. Marking out, he has to down. not show he's it. Like, he's in his gorilla morph, he's been ready yeah. to fight, he's been like an aggressive, angry pose, and his mom walks out and he just falls down on the ground. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, on the surface level, like, that sounds so funny awful. to watch, but mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking. Like, he's so brutally affected by this that he can't do anything. He just falls to pieces, um, and Jake is kind of talking directly to him the entire time like marco marco i know like marco it's her marco you can't say anything marco don't react like trying to talk him through this it's so sad because jake is the only one who recognizes marco's mom none of the rest of them have met her Mm -hmm. so they don't know like they don't they kind of don't notice that marco's freaking out because marco keeps it together enough um but there's like this horrible moment where marco is thinking like when when did she become controlled? Like, right. like was obviously, any of it ever real? Yeah, like obviously she like her death was faked, but mm-hmm. like when when did the Yerk show up? Like wh- how long did mm-hmm. I not notice? Like mm-hmm. like he's thinking back to like when she was in his life, and right. like it's so like, sad. Very sweet moments with his dad. And... Yeah, because we kind of haven't. He hasn't thought about his life before mm-hmm. her death or before he thought she died. So you kind of get glimpses of like oh like. Like, the, the mom who was there for me when I had a nightmare. The yeah. mom who, like, totally, like, called it when I was playing sick, when I <laughs> didn't want to go to school. Or, like, the mom who, like, would make out with my dad and I thought it was oh, gross. Oh, like, like, they were teenagers. That was so cute. Yeah, like, it was, like, so sweet. And I was like, oh, like, this is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> this is so awful. And he has to pretend like nothing's happening because, mm-hmm. like, he can't let Visser One know. Right. His mom is in there, but he can't do anything about no. it. He doesn't really want the other Animorphs to know because right. that could ruin everything. And I think it would be, like too much for him mm-hmm. and he can't just reveal there. his human at all and I, I love this it, it's so beautifully done but it also it feels like it takes away a little from the real tragedy of i don't know i don't know how i feel about it because a lost like a lost parent is one thing but death is so real and it almost feels like yeah. it cheapens it a little bit which i yeah. guess as a tool for kids to process their own losses um because he just got through talking about like he gave up on hope or fantasies that his mom yeah. was still alive somehow a long time ago, but here she is. So it's this powerful moment, but also, like, I don't know, I guess this is one of the perils of using a fantasy or science fiction analog to talk about real-world real world issues, right? As you always risk overshadowing the issue itself with, like, capital F fantasy plot. Um, yeah. But it's so good. I don't know. Like, I think it yeah, really, I I think it really works here, but it also reminds me of the importance of, like, more stories and more voices that directly grapple with those difficult issues. Yeah. Like, I think this does seem like something that they they were, like, from the beginning. Oh, I think I'm in the sure very it first was book, planned. Yeah, they're still dropping little... things about it. And it's it's so good for Marco's emotional investment, too. Like, I'm, I'm on board with it in this specific oh, yeah. instance. It just made me think about, like, in the larger context, how often we do that. Yeah, no, I think it's weird because... Then I think if any character goes missing in these books, mm-hmm. we're going to assume like right. they unless could the be death, controlled unless the death unless happens we see on it screen. Happen, right, that's the big rule, which I guess adds to like the paranoia in these books. Like, I mean, this book opened with Marco spending like a page and a half talking about how they're paranoid. And he doesn't right. want to say anything to you, the reader. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to keep it all secret. So I guess in that way it works. But yeah, it's a little bit weird because like this book has been about him dealing with his mother's death and mm-hmm. that she's not really dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, but he still has to pretend to his dad yeah. that he is, and the rest of the world that she is, and it's and it's hard. It's so hard. It's so sad. And there's even a part where he was saying like, if if 
I wasn't morphing a gorilla. If I was morphing something else, I would have probably like let myself get lost in the mm-hmm. animal mind. But the gorilla, like, like it has emotions, it's so like quiet, it feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like it doesn't really help him. But I think that's probably good because I think he would have gone completely out. Of, like he would have yeah. been completely out of it. Like he would have been, he would have just been whatever animal. He would have probably yeah. been killed by, <laughs> barely been killed by the um. Yerks, but oh, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure he would have had like a very Rachel moment and just started fighting. Yeah, it would have been awful. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm still sad because I wanted I wanted him to have like some kind of comfort in yeah. this horrible oh, moment. But at least yeah. Jake is there for him. Um, so yeah, Jake talks him through this, and we get to see a little bit of Visser One's just like utter confident contempt for Visser yeah. Three, which yeah. I love. It's so great. I yeah, love I actually- it. Because it's, like, right after the reveal of his mom is when <laughs> is when Visser 1 starts schooling Visser 3 yeah. on, like, what a gorilla is yeah. and how, like, because Visser 3 is an Angelite and hasn't even bothered getting a human morph to, like, mm-hmm. integrate into the Earth, <laughs> like, society. That's why, like, he the invasion is going so slowly, slowly and so badly yeah. is Visser 3's arrogance. <laughs> like, the, the, reason these, the reason that Earth is still around is because uh-huh. Visser 3 is not great at his job. <laughs> um, like... Um, which, just which a, I little, appreciate. a little bit of a bumbling megalomaniac, and yeah. it's great. But he's also, I mean, I don't mean to say he's not hugely evil, and he's not very good at killing people in oh, terrible he's a ways, bad dude. because he is, you know, he's a bad, <laughs> bad dude. Like, I, I struggle because I enjoy him so much, but he's mm-hmm. also so awful. Mm-hmm. Like, and even just knowing that he's a yerk inhabiting an Andalite is right. so awful, yeah. but I enjoy him so much. He's a great he's antagonist. So he's like a very, very good character. Um, yeah. And I think especially now that we get to see a little bit of his larger context and that he has Visser 1 to push back yeah. against, that gives a little more depth. It fleshes him out a little bit more. I think, yeah, I think especially since in this book we were dealing with a lot of heavy stuff from Marco and we've already had all these other books where we've yeah. had, like, emotional things. I think it's good to have the sort of, like, there's, like, a reality to Visser 3 where, like, he's ridiculous, but, like, in-universe the other Yurks know this about him. Right. Like, they know that he's that kind of, like, personality mm-hmm. where, like, there's a, he's not high. He's not the highest on the ladder. Right. Like he's, he's probably he's, he's probably don't want to end up like backing that horse or that centaur. No. I guess is like he, like he might go a little bit off mark. <laughs> off message. So at this point, I was just like, why doesn't Mister Three just kill them? But instead, right. he like puts them in the brig or whatever. <laughs> and um, he and Mister One, I guess, are gonna like decide what to do next, and they right. leave. And the Animorphs are all together, and they're deciding what to do. What terrible and, plan to try to yeah, use to get out of here. horrible plan. Mm-hmm. And this is when Marco is basically like, you know what? We're going to get out of this. I refuse yeah. to die here. Mm-hmm. So he's he's saying, like, we'll turn deep ants. We'll crawl out the thing. We'll try to, like, hide. And, right, like, like, I don't care what terrible thing it takes. Like, we're not dying here. We're, um, they also, like... They got to see the Earth from space. I don't think yeah, we mentioned that, that really they nice. took off in the spaceship. Yeah, but they, they straight up are in space. Yeah, they're in space. They're in orbit around the planet. So they like they got a beautiful view of the Earth. Um, they got to see like the Yerk mothership, which was kind of in contrast, oh uh, like a horrible, gross bug description of a, a so monstrous gross. thing, just like <laughs> secretly cloaked and floating around the planet. Um, so that's all presented very much as like Visor Three showing off for them. Like, look at look at yeah. what I can show you. Like, look at what we could do to you at any time. Um, so that was all on the way up, but now here they are, like, thrown in the brig with no grog <laughs> on bread and water rations. Oh my god. And so they're, they're planning to get out, but then, before mm. they can morph into ants again, thank god, <laughs> a Herkbajir <laughs> shows up, and it's one of Visser 1's Herkbajir. Yeah. Because this, this Herkbajir can, like, speak totally good English. Yeah. Like, she bothered to teach them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... And the Herkbajir controller basically, like, tells them how to get out. Mm-hmm. And so for a minute, they're like, is this a trap? Because, 
Like, why would they tell us? Right. And then they realize it's because Visser 1 wants to have Visser 3 screw up. Yeah. So I guess she has a reason to get rid of him or something. Yes. This Um, is like a house of cards animorphs. Like, it's a political maneuver for Visser 1 to make (laughs) Visser 3 look like a pathetic pathetic child because on his watch the andalite like he literally had the andalite bandits like on his ship and they escaped um so they so they end up going along with it they like run out they have to like fight a bunch of taxons Mm -hmm. and harkbajir on their way out but they have the right way out scoop some eyes but it's oh my god yeah he got to have like his cool moment finally after like not really being in any of the fights before in Mm -hmm. the other books um and (laughs) there's like a part where they're like like like, they, like, go into, like, a giant space elevator oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I like the space elevator. <laughs> which is really it cool, because it was, like, it was, like, oh, you, like, think about the floor you want to be on, and it stops. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Axe is, like, that's how it works on our ships anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if it didn't, Axe? What would you have done if you just, yeah, all of your just, friends like, leapt into this fell. elevator shaft, and that was the end of the Animorphs? Like, I'm glad it worked out, but bold move. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so they escape. They get into, like, an escape pod that, like, conveniently is going to, like, expire once they get back to Earth or something. Mm-hmm. And they, they get out of there. Everything, yeah. they're all alive. Yep. They all are able to morph back to, to their human or Andalite selves, so they're, mm-hmm. they're safe. Um, and they're okay, thank God, after all these horrible things that happened in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, Marco does have a line where he's like, like, my mother is still there. Like, she's still on that ship. <laughs> like, she's still on the mothership, which he even right. is saying. Like, he even, my like, My mother narr- on the mothership. Yeah. yeah, he even, like, he, like, jokes about it in the narration, but he's, but like, But it's the saddest joke. <laughs> and so, like, his, like, realization finally at the end of the book of, like, why he's going to keep fighting is that, like, he wants to get his mom back. Mm-hmm. Like, he just wants to free all of the controllers so he can have his mom back mm-hmm. um i don't so even know sad. if it's i read it as the most intensely personal one is i guess i guess yeah. he talks a little bit about like that's why i want to stay in this fight for the planet but i really read it as like i'm just gonna do whatever it takes to get yeah. my mom back like to the detriment of other plans other plans be damned yeah. like he's no, a pragmatic strategist and that is his number one goal is like save his fam- save his friends and his family yeah, because it's like he's not. I like it. Yeah, I think I agree that he, like, he says something about freeing all the York slaves, but he definitely really means his mom. His mom. Like that's like he like he's like he cares about people, so I think right. he, he right. would oh, want to no, fight Marco, for other Marco people. Marco has a heart. Marco yeah, cares but, a lot. He just doesn't want to show it. Yeah, but, like, but his main motivation is definitely his mom, mm-hmm. and it's so sad. And, yeah. So now oh, he's in the end scene is him and his dad. It's like the two year anniversary of his mom's yeah. death. And he and his dad um are kind of they're standing at her grave marker, um, and they have a really, really lovely, sad talk about like his father apologizes that he hasn't been there for him and talks about he's starting to think about trying to pick up his old job as an engineer. Um yeah. his dad used to work for NASA or something, like yeah. Animorphs fake NASA. Um <laughs> so there's this kind of brief moment of hope in the middle of all of this, but in the meantime, like Marco's dad, we get the impression is ready to try to start moving on and yeah. like picking up his life again. And Marco's just been thrown deeply back into the hole of he's kind of lost his mom all over again. Yeah. Like he now understands fully like what he might have to do to get her back. And he can't even talk to his dad about it. Yeah. I kind it's of felt so like hard. At the end, it's so hard. I did kind of feel like, um, like, I was really glad that his dad had that moment where he Me was too. saying, like, like he says something like, your mom wouldn't have liked how I've been these past couple years. Yeah. I think I'm going to try to, like, be a father to you again. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, like, I talked to the guy and, and I think I'm going to try to pick up a job, which is, like, really sweet. 
But I also was like, this seems so sudden. But I, I know it's a book for children, so I, right. I'm, I'm okay with it. But I'm also like, I don't know. Right? No, it is. <laughs> it's it's hard to sudden. go from like a week ago. Marco's dad was still so depressed that he's just spending all his time on the couch and yeah, um, like kind I mean, of staring through could, Marco. I guess we don't see like it's not Marco's dad's perspective. Yeah. We don't see like it could if be he's like the therapy. first step of many yeah, steps, right? Of, and like, it's not an immediate fix to yeah. say like I'm thinking about doing this. But no, yeah. I, I agree that like. There are a lot of ways to read this that are uh, that would make it a bit of a surprising turnaround. But I'm but just Marco needed it so badly. Yes. Yeah, like Marco needs. I'm willing a to win. suspend all of my disbelief anytime that like a nice thing happens to these yeah, children. It's I need fine. to. And then like and then like he he was joking like he he made his dad laugh by joking oh. because that's how he like survived. And then like he was saying like we're gonna go play a game together. Yeah, was like his dad played video games with him, and I was like okay. I just, I need to believe that they actually did go home and play a video game. Yes. Like, there was at least one day when he, like, had a good time with his dad mm-hmm. and things were a little bit better after right. everything that happened. It's all fun. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect to be this, like, like, I went through the book and I was just like, I'm so, like, emotionally exhausted at the end of this book yeah. because so much happened. We use was... all, all of the five emotions. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Plus flavor. Flavors. <laughs> So, yeah, that was that was a roller coaster. That was something. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so we, we um, talked. I think we're gonna go right on and read book six after this. But we yeah. did talk a little bit about. Um, we want to watch the TV show in segments, and I think we're still deciding exactly when. But we'll give y'all enough advance warning yeah. so that if you want to watch along with us, you can. Um, yeah, because we like we kind of figured that if we took a break right now it's a little early and you guys might be reading along hopefully mm-hmm. then you might want to keep reading instead of taking a break to watch a terrible show mm-hmm. um, oh it's so bad i'm so excited I'm we're so, so excited. excited um we were originally gonna try to watch um like the episodes don't line up as well as i thought they did yeah. after a certain point so i'm not 100 percent sure when we'll do it but yeah like i think carrie was right we're gonna try to figure out like at the end of a cycle of all the teens mm-hmm. um a teen so, cycle Teen cycle. Teen cycle. So the next book is a Jake book, so that's the beginning of a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and alternate point of views. Um, so every every cycle of five will either have Axe or Tobias in that third position, but yeah. not both. This has been Animorphs Metastrat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I, I don't think I – maybe I did notice that as a kid because I remember being excited when there was a Tobias book. Yeah. And they, they um, were I don't rare. know if I They thought. were a sneaky treat. Yeah. So, um, but we get an axe one this cycle, which I'm excited about too. Me too. Like axe. axe is um, a shining ray of hope, and I can't wait for him to get to eat an entire Cinnabon. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm excited for the Cinnabons. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that the 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 Jake book that's coming up is, I think, going to be oh, going to be it another. The, is it the? I think it's the, the kidnapping one. one. Yeah. Oh it's man. Gonna be, okay. <laughs> it's going to be an emotional. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think from now on, probably all the books are going to yeah, be emotional. Yeah, this is going to be, be prepared, gird your loins, wear your armor, get ready for yeah, Animorphs to get destroy you. Get your tissues ready. Yeah. <laughs> get, uh, like, have, like, a little stuffed animal to hug while oh, you're reading this one. Oh. Um, pet your cat. Pet your cat. <laughs> think morph about, into think a dog. About, think about Tiger as the most beautiful animal. Think about or tigers. morph into a dog. Yeah, these are our strategies yeah. for survival. <laughs> oh, okay, but I think, I think that's all I've got for book yep. five, The Predator. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this has been Morph Club. Thanks for listening. I'm Megan. I'm Carrie. Bye. Bye.